This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, December 12, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. Surveillance reform has come close in Congress, but now a year and a half since the Snowden revelations about NSA spying on Americans, nothing has substantively changed. Kentucky U.S. Representative Thomas Massey, however, is confident this Congress will have a stronger appetite for reform. At the conference today, you said something I think most congressional Republicans would disagree with. You said that Ed Snowden provided a tremendous service by providing Americans with the information he did. So the question then is, uh, do you think this next Congress that is more going to be more dominated by Republicans is going to be at all interested in reforming surveillance authorities? I think they will be. In fact, I'm optimistic that we have a better chance of getting intelligence reform in the next Congress. If you look at the way these votes broke down on the Amash Amendment and the Massey-Lofgren Amendment and the co-sponsor list for the Freedom Act, um, what you see is that this is not a party line issue. It's not Democrat versus Republican. It's split differently. It's split based on how long you've been in Congress. And the folks who've been there for a shorter period of time are more likely to vote for reforms and increasing our civil liberties. I think that's because they're more in tune with their constituents. So I can't wait for the new folks to show up, whether they're Republican or Democrat. I think on the whole, they're going to be better on this issue. You also talked a little bit about uh, a group known as the Liberty Caucus that Ron Paul started. And unlike other caucuses, this is one that you have to be invited to uh, participate in. So what are the uh, you said Democrats are often welcome in this in this group as well. So, what are the uh, priorities of this Liberty Caucus? Well, um, you know, the Liberty Caucus we try to leave the sort of social issues out of it, um, so that we can find common ground on fiscal issues and um, on constitutional issues like civil liberties. So, you know, uh, one of our priorities is to get some reform to the NSA. There's, there's a great opportunity coming up in the next Congress because the Patriot Act has provisions that are going to expire. And that needs to be reauthorized for the intelligence community to keep operating. I think a straight up or down vote on the Patriot Act would fail in the next Congress. So they've got to include some reforms in there to compel a majority of Uh, senators and representatives, substantive reforms um, to compel us to vote for that reauthorization. What do you think are some of the most important either provisions of the Patriot Act or other surveillance uh, authorities that need to be fixed? Yeah, the Section 215 um, stuff that needs to be fixed has to do with the Patriot Act, and then there's the FISA um, uh, items that are 702. We need to close the loopholes that allow um, domestic intelligence to be collected and used against U.S. citizens, even though ostensibly it's supposed to be used to combat terrorism. We need to close those loopholes by requiring search warrants and probable cause um, if you're going to go after U.S. person's information in that data. Um, We need to end the collection of bulk data on every U.S. citizen, the metadata about who you called and for how long you spoke. That's something that we would um, like to end. And then another priority of mine is to uh, prevent the government from forcing private companies to insert 
um, backdoor keys in their products that allow the government to spy on um, customers of those companies. Right now, the government can do that. And uh, it's a problem for many reasons. From a civil liberties reason, it's a problem. It hurts the business of these companies. Uh, individuals overseas don't want to be spied on, the U spied on by the U.S. government. So they're reluctant to buy these products now that they know that these defects can be in there. And you know, possibly the, the most important reason is it makes these products defective and less secure. If you're selling encryption software that has a back door in it, a hacker could find that back door and instantly have access to everybody's information that's using that software. So that's, a, that's an item I think we could get some reform on in the next Congress. As Julian Sanchez likes to point out here, there's no such thing as a back door only the good guys have access to. Right. I mean, eventually somebody gets access to that. One of the things that, uh, that has been in legislation that you sponsored and uh, the in legislation that uh, Rand Paul has sponsored as well is warrant requirements, which we have this long history of law about what we need in order to have a warrant. There's this established body of law dealing with that, but that seems to be the, uh, the one thing that the intelligence agencies really don't want to have to deal with. Well, they resist it, and they put it up as a false choice. They, they say that if you require us to get warrants, you will compromise our ability to stop terrorism because it's cumbersome and it takes time, and we need to collect this data in real time. We've carefully crafted the legislation so that you're not faced with that false premise that you have to choose between security and the Constitution. What we're saying is that you can collect all that data on, on foreign individuals, but when you get to U.S. persons, you have to follow the Constitution. And frankly, it doesn't take long to get a search warrant. We've been doing this for a couple hundred years. I've heard of judges writing search warrants on the back of a motorcycle. You know, um, it's, it's an important aspect of uh, how our government works and to protect civil liberties. How likely is something like that in the next Congress? And uh, I can remember years ago, somebody said that when Barack Obama became president, he had the opportunity to be our first civil libertarian president. It certainly hasn't panned out that way. But what's the likelihood of this Congress getting some substantive reform, something like a warrant requirement for information uh, from U.S. persons? I think there's a good chance. Uh, you know, our leadership and the committee chairman of jurisdiction don't really want reform. But we have opportunities on must-pass legislation like the reauthorization of the Patriot Act and also on the spending bills. You know, the Amash Amendment that would have ended the uh, bulk collection of metadata on all Americans was an amendment to the Appropriations Bill. The Massey-Lofgren Amendment that would close those back doors was an amendment to the DOD Appropriations Bill as well. And with a Republican House and a Republican Senate, we're told that we're going to follow regular order, which means instead of doing one big giant CR or omnibus at the end of the year, we're actually going to debate the 12 appropriations bills. Amendments will allow to be offered, and all of that work product won't get thrown in the trash at the end of the year. And so I'm hopeful that if we follow that process and we're allowed to offer amendments, which they do allow us to offer amendments, that we can get substantial reform. It's well known that James Clapper lied to Congress in 2013. 
We have just seen a Senate uh, Intelligence Committee report detailing the CIA at, at best misleading Congress and the White House. The IRS has uh, misled at best uh, Congress. Is there a way to get uh, better control of these executive agencies that are charged with very important work uh, but seem to act without proper oversight? Well, you left out the attorney general, too, but, but he's on his way out. Um, look, I serve on the oversight committee, and I've met some of the individuals that you're talking about there. Um, this is uh, really a culture that comes from the top down. I think the person in the White House is going to influence the culture of all the administrative functions below him. And um, we're, <laughs> we're seeing there's a problem there. I think it would do our country a great service to fire some of those folks that are below the president if he would do that. There's been some discussion. I know I'm using the I word here, but there's been some discussion about um, impeaching individuals, not the president, but those individuals, lower level heads of um, administrative functions that have lied to Congress. And um, I was actually a co-sponsor of resolution to impeach Eric Holder. Um, so I, I think that's a valid path to pursue. With, you know, judges have been impeached. It's, it's not just about the president. So there are various ways we could get to that in the next Congress. But I would like to see it come from the top down, I think, until you get the right person in the White House to set the culture and the expectations, you're not going to change. There's a trillion-dollar spending bill that, uh, as you noted when we came in here, uh, caused uh, the House to be up pretty late last night. Is there anything in there that fiscal conservatives should be pleased about? Certainly no one should be pleased with the process that uh, that piece of legislation went through. Um, you know, I'm really hard-pressed to think of anything in that bill that I would be proud of as a fiscal conservative. They claim that we stuck to the Murray-Ryan spending levels that were agreed to. But if you remember, Murray-Ryan was to undo the sequester and to raise spending. Uh, and the reality is we didn't stick to those levels. They don't count emergency spending, like for overseas contingency operations or for Ebola. There's a lot of stuff in there that isn't being counted when they say, oh, we they pat themselves on the back and say, we did a great job as fiscal conservatives. That's not true. This, this uh, omnibus is not fiscally conservative. It's 1,603 pages long. We had 48 hours to read it. People are still going to be discovering well into the Christmas break what's in that bill. And of course, I voted no on it. Thomas Massey is a Republican representing Kentucky's 4th Congressional District in the U.S. House. We spoke during the Cato Institute's inaugural surveillance conference. You can watch or listen to portions of that conference at our website, cato.org.